Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Been There Done That on Joy 94.9. I'm Chris and in the studio with me today is Gordon and Phil. We are the terrible trio. Oh, the three mousketeers, I reckon. (laughs) You might have big ears, big ears. big ears, We might be the the three little pigs. Oh, well, I'm not going there. What oink, oink. Huey, Dewey and Louie. <laughs> There's lots of little trios in history and in sort of fairy tales. I don't know why. Is it because two can gang up against one? Would it be not, that? I'm not sure, but the, the Andrews sisters, there were three of them. Great singing trio from way back. Way back when, indeed. Yep. Uh, that's about 60 years ago. Or oh, yes. More, Gordon, yeah, 70 yeah, yeah, years yeah. ago. I can Golly re- gosh. I can remember. Well, There's all these... Beatles songs getting their multiple decade anniversaries coming up. Yes, they are, aren't they? I don't feel at all old. Don't well, you? Well, <laughs> let's just talk about that one. Brian Epstein, or Epstein, had a birthday on the 27th of August 1967. He was the UK artist's manager for famous people, including the Beatles. I think he was as much the inspiration as... Uh, as anything else because they the Beatles themselves had a product and he managed them and and the way the particular product the sound went out and it was revolutionary at that particular time so they uh, were sort of fighting against the wind the breeze of the moment yes well, he, he he did a very good job promoting them to make them as famous as they become well yeah. he worked very very hard to actually get a record company to sign them mm. because they were new and different nobody wanted to hear it Imagine looking back at that and thinking... Oh, imagine. Well, Fancy. That, that's, that's another generation again. <laughs> <laughs> so Stay tuned because coming up we'll be talking about Don Dunstan, a, a previous Premier of South Australia and very, very important person in our gay history. King Edward the Tooth, or King Edward II, and the homophobic legacy of the British colonial rule in the world. We'll be talking about uh, same-sex marriage in the royal extended family in the UK. We've got a little bit of time to talk about animals flying around the world, uh, flying into space, even some animals that we hope will survive this particular century because they could well be on the way out. And with a little bit of chance, we might even talk about Greenpeace. Some other group of people that get rather enthusiastic is Football patrons and the the game of football, a sporting event. But they don't see it as a product. It's 
oh, a religion. It's a lifestyle. It's their oh, being. Right, about the religion bit. Yeah, that's they right. know when all the words to all the hymns. Oh, sorry, they've only got one hymn to worry about. Yes, that's they? right. Hymn, 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 hymn. <laughs> <laughs> well, which, which hymn are you going to kick it to or throw it to or whatever they do in different... Um, well, the only words you needed to know last football season towards the end was yellow and black. Everything was yellow and black. It might be yellow and black again this year as well, too, by the well, way. That would be fun. Yeah. But See, it, my team's not in it, so I don't care. No, mine isn't either, but that's the way it goes, isn't it? And uh, But it's nice to see that there is another side making its way into the finals after a long, long time, yeah. which is the Demons from Melbourne, because they haven't been there for 12 years or something or other. Oh, and the rest, I well, think. Well, mm. they haven't won a flag for ages, but they have been in finals, but they haven't gone much further than the preliminary. They, they were saying on radio earlier that I think the last time that Collingwood and Melbourne were in a grand final was back in the 1930s. 1940s. Yeah. Well, it's way, way back. It would have been the 50s, yeah. I would have thought. I mean, just those two teams coinciding yeah. in the final. Yeah, yeah. Not but saying that either of them are going to make it to the grand final. No, no, because Melbourne still have to go over to West Coast and play the Eagles. And a lot of people don't realise that the ground over at Subiaco Oval is a lot different to the grounds we have here. The grounds we have here are quite heavy, but the ball bounces a different way in West Australia. I've because got of the news for you, though. What? They're not playing at Subiaco. Where are they playing? At the brand new Optus oh, Stadium. Oh, the new Optus Stadium. Oh, well. the, the LED Stadium. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it, it, the, the ball does bounce differently in WA because of the soil. The, the, the way the, the... I don't know how it works, but it seems to bounce higher for some reason. Now, Gordon, when did you last go to a footy match? Oh. Okay. Uh, Phil? A long time. Um, not this century. No. Well, no. I was going to the football until they pushed St Kilda out to Waverley. And then I went out, followed them out to Waverley. But Waverley has been built and demolished. But, yes, it's so just, yeah, that's that right. Yours was last century as well. No. no well, I went yeah. earlier this year, mm. but that was the first time for many a year. Beg your pardon? I was at the um, the, the gay pride game, the, the pride match at the Dockland Stadium. Yes, yes, yes. I was there last that. year. We are not what you'd call football fanatics, but we've been swept up. But I was a football fanatic, I can assure you. Mm. I think it was just the short shorts myself. Enthusiasm. <laughs> Mm. unbridled enthusiasm and when you actually see the TV presentations of games and then they pan across the crowds there is so much love and adulation and devotion to the team there's a pity it can't be garnered and put to other uses yeah, well, it's one of those things that absolutely gets into your soul in a lot of in a lot of cases. You you become so involved with the team, you know, and mm. it's, it's just a and the colours. You wear the colours and you wear yeah. the badges and you wear all yeah. the rest of the paraphernalia. Now, the the anthems are one thing, the the footy songs, but mm-hmm. even the song of the country, your national anthem. Silly some thing. of those are pretty moving. Oh, yeah. for other countries. Hmm. I think your average footy fan would know their club song much better than they know the national anthem. Oh, I think you're right, Philip. Word for word. Word for word, <laughs> yeah. But, but a lot of the lot of the football club songs come from old songs, like oh, do- yeah. old Dolly, popular songs. Dolly Gray was a song back in the 1800s, which yeah. was the Collingwood theme song. Yeah, but it was a pop song. And it was a pop song. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, St Kilda's is all the Saints come marching in. And, and then there's we in Australia seem not to have the enthusiasm for our current anthem like the French do for theirs or the Americans do for their anthem. But perhaps ours was built for the wrong period of time. 
But it's not an anthem, it's just a song. Well, it was. It even, just, you know, Walsing Matilda and Advanced Australia yeah. Fair. They're, they're not particularly PC, politically correct these days. Peter Allen's song, I Still Call Australia Home, is probably more authentic. Yes, uh, or The Seekers. The Seekers version. I Am Australian. I that's Am Australia. That, well, that's being taught in, in schools. Mm, but they, but and they, it, and it, because it's, it's of the time. But the, 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 and yeah. there's acknowledgement of their uh, the original in, inhabitants. The indigenous hab- inhabitants that gets That's in right. the first verse and then it goes on and on and on until you get to the to the, the migrants. Yes. If I may bring in my Nick Pickardness, <laughs> for want of a better word. It's a song by Bruce Woodley, mm. not The Seekers. No, that's right. Yes, he wrote it's it. Post Seekers. He wrote it. But but Peter Allen's one, uh, um, I still call Australia Home, is a is a is has got better words, but it could go to a better and tune. And it's got emotions mm. because we were introduced to it in a commercial sense uh, as a TV advert soundtrack. And yeah, you know, with a plane flying in, and we love coming home to Australia. And oh, but is is that who we are? We're not we're not warriors. No. So we're travellers and we miss home. And we're sentimentalists. Yeah, is that who we want to be? Well, I mean, what what do we want others to think of us? Well, hey, we want the Americans not to call us Austrians. <laughs> That's a challenge. So we have to mention the country name. We have to say we're the land down under because they seem to understand that. But are we just the guys who enjoy landing in our 747s and singing in remote country places with a bunch of kids mm, mm. but it it, it, it it does require a, a, a better anthemic tune uh, mm. rather than diddly 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 thing yeah, we sing I think you know these days with modern television <coughs> with adverts that really hit the spot within 10 seconds a 10 second grab is what we probably need to frame the uh, the modern replacement Australian National Anthem has. Mm, mm. As long as we're girt by sea in the new one. <laughs> See, even the language is out of date, isn't no, it? No, that's good. Well, it is by the beach. Yep. Girt by sea. <laughs> <laughs> Gert, Gert's short for Gertrude. That's right. <laughs> yes. But the, but the thing with, with anthems is that they should reflect the attitude of the, the country rather than being a pop song. You know, this is, this is the problem, and that uh, Advanced Australia Fair was written in 1878 or something, rather, yeah. by a, a, a Scotchman that came out to Australia and did a very and wrote a very patriotic song about so the country. So he thought. So he thought, but it's not an anthem by any stretch of the imagination. And I say good on that young lady for not oh, taking yeah. any and saying it's not my song, and I, I think it's a load of whatever. And, and, and she sat. During the playing of it, well, she knelt. She said, I'm not, I think she knelt down. Yeah, mm. I'm not standing up for that. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but then you had Pauline Hanson screaming at, at her for doing, for doing it, and all this, and the rest of the people coming out. And I think that they want to listen to that song and realise that he's not but an anthem. If you've upset Pauline Hanson, you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's just a standalone statement. <laughs> I think. <it's, laughs> yeah, but, oh, but golly gosh. let's let's get some decent musicians in, not pop songwriters or anything like that, but somebody that's got a, an idea of the way it should go, something like the Marseillais from the French, which is yeah, an absolutely superb song but, it, but it's but, it, but it's superb. What's relevant this to the But it doesn't matter. It's, it's well, what do we sing about? We, we're out of gold, we're out of iron ore, we're not on the sheep's back anymore, we're no. kind of turning into nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of nothing. Want to buy some sad. coal, that's but, a song. But the country just across the ditch 
has got a great anthem. New Zealand's anthem is really lovely. It's a really lovely okay, anthem. Okay, well, perhaps we should take notice. And they've got a much better attitude to their Indigenous exactly. people. Mm. Exactly. And uh, O Canada, I believe, is a it's pretty a very good, good uh, That's quite a good... Well. Uh, so um, perhaps we, we take example of the, the best and mould our replacement in mm. the same way. Simpsons reference. Oh! oh. There was a, a peewee baseball... And the two, it would have been um, Shelbyville, which is a, a neighbouring generic city, and Springfield, which is where the Simpsons live. And the umpire called a bad shot, bad shot and the kids started fighting, and then the parents started fighting. And um, it just got worse and worse and worse. And then Nelson Muntz, who's the school bully, stands in the middle of the field and starts singing O Canada. And everybody calms down and stops fighting. <laughs> Yeah. In the meantime, we've got Tegan and Sarah talking about boyfriend. How can they do this? Well, they're having a birthday, actually. Are they? Yes. Their birthday is on the 19th of September. Well, lucky for and them. And they're twin lesbian sisters. 37 years from Canada. old. Yeah. From Canada. Yes. Here we go with the Tegan and Sarah. Boyfriend, you're on joy. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Bringing a little joy to your life. Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. And can I just say, we want to hear from our audience. And they should email us. At? At beanthere at joy.org.au. Right. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell, tell us what we're doing wrong. Exactly. Or some suggestions of something you might want to hear a little bit of history about. We might be able to do that. Or even music. Let's, yeah. let's turn it into a request show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's lots of, lots of history that we sometimes don't get time to cover. But if somebody's got something that they would like to listen, find out a little bit about, send an email. If you need to find out anything about gay history, please also consider SBS because they have got so much uh, information on their demand TV channel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They've got lots of gay films, gay stories, gay programs. In fact, I think Jenny Brocky is just doing one at the moment on intersex. Now, I won't be around to see that, but I'll be able to follow it on SBS On Demand. And uh, she gives it a good old uh, toing and froing. Good. Now, she is great. Can I just mention something? Because last week we had um, Tristan Meacham in to have a chat about the Coming Back Out Ball. Yeah. And I have received notification that the movie, The Coming Back Out Ball, is going to be on at the cinema over in uh, Carlton there. 
in December. It's oh. going to be on for about a four-week run, I think it is. Wow. So keep your eye out for that if you want to see a very interesting story about, mm. about eight different um, gay and lesbian members of our community. Wow. Mm. Getting back to SBS, they have got some wonderful contributors to their programs. One of them is Nama Winston, and Nama has written and presented the story about Don Dunstan, the Premier of South Australia, and who was defined not by his sexuality, because he was gay, but by his politics about sexuality. And reading from some notes I've got from Nama, uh, the, the year was 1972, and the shorts were short, pink, and worn on the steps of Parliament House, South Australia, by the Premier, Don Dunstan. If that's not making a statement, I don't know what is. He was sort of proclaiming that he was of the pink variety. But I don't know where you would buy pink shorts. He must have had them made specially to fit him because they did fit very, very well. Very tightly. Yes, very tightly, yes. But as uh, Nama said, the shorts were short. Yes, they were. Trouble is, we didn't have colour TV for another three years. <laughs> but there was photos came out of him with the pink yeah. shorts on. Yeah. But he was Premier of South Australia for two terms, spanning 1967 to 1979, totalling almost about a decade in office. And he was a staunch social reformist. He represented Labor, and he followed on from Tom Playford, who was the Premier of South Australia, who had been there for about... 30 years it would have seemed. Excuse me, you mean Sir Thomas Playford, please. Oh, how do you spell <laughs> yeah. Sir? Well, we're not quite sure, but no, he was there no. for years. But at that stage, he was maybe coming up to 40 years old. So he was a young spring chicken compared to Tom Playford. And it was a generational change. And because so much in South Australia at that particular time was still under the influence of Tom Playford, that Don Dunstan had all the modern 1970s concepts as part of his war chest. Uh, female liberation, gay liberation, political and sort of social reformation completely. But South Australia, you've got to remember, was the first place to give the w women the vote in Australia and it they was. they were the first place to decriminalise um homosexuality. Well, Don Dunstan, Don did, Dunstan that. did that. But also they gave uh, the Indigenous peoples in South Australia the right to vote. They gave them recognition in their legislations. Yeah, yes, but you've also got to remember... That, that was taken away by the feds. By the feds when they became a commonwealth. They, they owned land and everything in South Australia at the time, at that time, yeah. But anyhow, uh, he, he did do a hell of a lot of good. He was deeply committed to social justice, cultural diversity, democracy, human rights and respect for the Indigenous peoples. Dunstan was responsible for the saving of the first, as you said, Gordon, to decriminalise homosexuality in Australia, earning him hero status in Adelaide's gay community. He also drove legislative reforms on land rights and anti-discrimination and environmental uh, protection laws. And he overhauled the drinking laws that closed the pubs at 6pm and, and created the Cafe Society that Adelaide's so well known for nowadays. Well, because we had six closing too, remember? Oh, yeah. Because I, I worked, well, worked in pubs with six o'clock closing and it was like a swill. <laughs> it was awful. 
having coming from WA where they closed the pubs at nine o'clock, it was quite oh, of more course. genteel, you know. But here well, was, wow, fancy coming out of the, the pubs in Perth at six o'clock and then having to fight a whole oh. evening of heat mm. without a I've, decent beer under your belt. <laughs> I just think it's a shame that all the other states didn't look to South Australia and saying, me too, why can't we do this? Because we were not governed by people as enlightened as Donnie Dunstan was. Well, this we, is the problem. Yes, we had, we we had, had your more typical bull, white male leader. Yeah, and didn't believe in women being in Parliament, yes. Mm. yeah. Well, Don Dunstan was also a passionate patron of the arts, arts and was responsibility for cultivating a thriving live theatre scene. The Dunstan Playhouse is one of Adelaide's largest theatre venues and was named to honour his contribution to the performing arts. In the context of the uh, Dunstan decade, the significance of the Premier's wearing of the pink shorts as a clear act of defiance of conservatism is obvious. And I think those shorts are actually featured in in the uh, the parliamentary uh, archives. They're in a, um, a, a museum, a museum, a special museum <coughs> that has been built in Adelaide called the Centre of for Democracy, and the centre was opened in to celebrate South Australia's yeah. legislative pioneering history, where the South Australia was the first colony to grant women mm. the right to vote and all those other things. And uh, the, he bequeathed them to his partner of many years, Stephen Chang. And Stephen gave them to the um, what's the name of democracy yeah. um, to for perpetual thing yeah, as to, being as, yeah. part of the thing. Yeah. Well, Don Dunstan was married <laughs> to uh, a lovely lady, mm. but then she died of cancer, I believe it was. That's right. And he was liberated to recognise and respect his own true sexuality because he was actually born in Fiji. He was, and, but he was born uh, but, uh, of Europeans. Yeah, European. He's a European he'd Fijian. Seen the racial situation mm. there, and the free and easy lifestyle, and the how liberal it was. Also, uh, trained as a lawyer and solicitor and all the rest of it, so he knew a bit about the way things should be going. Yeah, good on him. We, we could do with a few more Donnie Dunstans around the place at the moment. I think. You're on Joy ninety four point nine. Been there, done that. Gordon, Phil, and Chris. Uplifting, informing, empowering. Joy 94.9. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Time to talk about royalty in England. We've got a couple of stories to tell you. One about someone who got it in the end. Or did he ever? (laughs) (laughs) He got his comeuppance in the worst possible way. You hold that thought, please, Gordon. <laughs> We're talking about King Edward II. Now, I, it's a long time ago for him. He died on the 21st of September, 1327. That was the last day of his reign, of course, as King of England. And, and how did he come to a sticky end? Well, <laughs> it was a very sticky end, actually, because... Uh, some of the barons who he was always fighting with decided to get rid of him in the worst possible way possible. They um, got a red-hot poker and... Uh, made him sit on it. Made him sit on it, basically, yes, yes. It's a Ooh. shocking way to go. Oh. Ah. Yeah, but he was he was not very popular with his barons because he had two um, gentleman lovers. One was Piers Gaveston, who he made 
a, a, a Duke of Cornwall, I think it was, or one of those mm-hmm. dukedoms. And he became very, very rich to the expense of the other barons, and um, they didn't like that very much. Uh, and the other one was Hugh Despence. That means of the of of, th- of think of thought. Ponce is to think in French, and it's de- oh, so when people were calling me a Ponce, uh, it could have been the same. <laughs> I don't know. I think that was Ponce. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but de Ponce is of thought. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. so that shows a French influence in the the court of England. Well, you and me, we both have French names, really. Ah, so see, we both okay. we come we come from way back ten sixty six. We're in the ma- in majority, yes. okay yes, then. Yes. But he was cons- Edward the Second was considered to be the unconventional king. Oh, he was a little, when you consider what he got up to. Well, you mean he's re- he didn't obey the regal duties? Oh, yes, he did. He he, he had was a, a soldier. He had a queen, and she had children. Yeah, and he was he was um, replaced by. Um, Edward the Third, the, mm. the young son, his young son in, in 1627, when he was, when he was taken off the throne, basically. And but, uh, Monsieur Hugh Despont, Despont, he was a, a favourite of his. Oh yes, he met him after the after Gaveston was was sent out of the country. He was exiled so many times that the king kept bringing him back, and it finished up. They got rid of uh, Gaveston, and then the king. Fell in love with the um, Depons. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep. And Depons was a cute thing. Apparently so. His, gathered his attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how do we know these things? As it was written down. It, uh, it 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 was written down in in lots of ways. You know, it's probably in some of the archives that are still in Windsor Castle. But apparently, because since 1066, they've been putting all the stuff in the archives about the royal families that have. Um, uh, had residence in the castle, mm. and he would have been a resident of the yeah. of Windsor Castle. And there was always secret <laughs> passages to your secret passage. Well, that's yes, that's right. That well, Depons and Edward had a, another house where they lived, and they had secret a secret tunnel, which has only just been found only a few years ago. <laughs> We've all got those. Yes. How many entendres are here right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. It's very hard not to say it when it's what's written down. <laughs> dear, oh dear, oh dear. However, talking of modern times, it would appear that a junior member of the British royal family is going to enter into a same-sex marriage. Yes, he is so too. Yes, he's now, a cousin of the is, Queen, actually. Well, yeah, Lord Ivor Mountbatten, 55, a cousin of Queen Elizabeth II, is expected to win, wed James Coyle, 56, this summer in what has been heralded as the first ever same-sex marriage in Britain's royal family. Yes, because in the past they used to have relationships, but they could never get married, of course, because no. it wasn't wasn't the right thing to do. But, but now that the laws have changed, so uh, perhaps what makes it even more unusual is that, that Mountbatten's ex-wife, Penny Mountbatten said she will give her former husband away. And <laughs> She's probably done that already in many well, senses. They, yeah. <laughs> well, they were they were married for sixteen yeah. years, of course. So, but he he's the son of uh, Lord Louis Mountbatten. Yeah, uh, who was well, the the son? I think grandson? he must grandson could be the grandson. Mm. No, fifty five. You know, he might be the mm. son. But he was uh, he's um, 
the, the, the Duke of Edinburgh's mm. relation. Yeah. yeah. Two years ago, Lord Ivor created quite a stir when he confessed to having struggled with his sexuality throughout most of that 16-year marriage to Penny. Finally, he admitted he was gay after finding contentment with his new love, James Coyle, whom he met in the Swiss Swiss ski resort. That's hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) Later this summer, the two men will marry in the private chapel of his magnificent country estate in Devon, and it will be the first ever same-sex marriage in the extended royal family. Well, good luck to him. Good yeah. luck to him. He's, oh, a, he's, he's, yes. a, he's a citizen of the country that acknowledges um, same-sex marriage, and they have done for a number of years, a lot more than we have. Of well, let, let's hope this sort of um, knocks down some of the barriers of the uh, legacy left from the British uh, colonial era, especially in Africa and some parts of Asia, where the the sexuality rules of those days... 200 years ago uh, are still current, still haven't been replaced. Well, they just have recently in India, they have had been replaced with the the High Court in India or the Supreme exactly. Court in India passing a rule to say that it was totally against the, the um, what do they give it, the, the what's the name for people, the freedom of, of, of expression for people. Well, I guess the, it's just equality. basic human rights. Yeah, equality. The impinged on the equality of what the people were getting, yeah. Because they, at one stage they did um, announce that they were going to stop the, um, they were going to throw that law out, and then they got a, a, a such a rebound on it from well, the other play, other the high other court religious. Said he said no. he had, he said we've got to do it, but then they took it to the full court, and the full court said yes, they were going to do yeah. it. But it still has a lot of. Um, oh, in, like, in any culture, yeah, whether yeah. it's the Indian culture with their with all the uh, other state religions, religions there, mm. or, or some of the African states who, who have enthusiastically embraced the concept uh, that homosexuality is illegal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, but I'm not. I'm sure that there are men in their communities that have sex with men. Just in our community. Well, I think there's something like 78 million estimated 78 million gay people in in India. Yeah, and there, there's been lots of um, television shows of about the um, the third sex in India on mm. on SBS, which we were mentioning before, and uh, it's been quite interesting the way they have been treated by the local communities. Some of them were accepted, some of them were not, with with this law being thrown out. But the Brits have got a lot to answer for because they should have, in fact, pressured their colonies to be a little bit more liberal in their thinkings Mm. so that they could, in fact, uh, overthrow, with conscience, uh, the, the rule that had been given to them by the Brits without any guilt, saying, you know, no, that doesn't suit us. Mm. But they, they, of course... The coin was flipped, and they decided that they would adopt that and maintain it. Yes, but, but <sighs> see, you, you mentioned Africa before, but in Africa, um, if they wanted to do anything like that, they've had these American evangelists going in there and telling them that they should not be passing any anti-homosexual laws because it was against God's will and all this sort of business. And that they have done a hell of a lot of damage yeah. in the African countries that would like probably to do something. Well, they've preached homophobia. Essentially, yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah, yeah, mm. and um, it's it's not um, it's not right for the people that are living in there to have countries like America coming in and telling them to do things like that. People from America, I mean, not countries, mm. but it's something that will gradually change.
it's as I said, we've, we've it'll take a couple of generations before we're completely yeah, accepted to, to breed it out. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, we can't get rid of them the way we got rid of the dinosaurs. No, 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 no big meteors <laughs> fell. Yes, but they are still dinosaurs in a sense. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, you're with Phil, Chris, and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy ninety four point nine. Love radio. Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere. You're with Phil, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. I thought we were Gordon, Chris and Phil. No, 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 Did no. they left? Did they? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right then. Carry on. <laughs> You've got to have a quick change around sometimes. We leap up from our chairs and dance around to the music and then we sit down when the music stops. And, and if you're lucky, you get a different. chair to sit on. <laughs> but yes. Who's the kid that runs around saying quack, quack, duck, quack, quack, duck? I don't know. That's like a musical chairs game too. And oh. if, if you get if he stops when you say or when he says duck or something, you're, oh, you're right. the duck. I, uh. I don't really know much more about it. I'm sorry I brought <laughs> so, it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, anyway. well, you've got a little friend. The frog in my throat? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I've got I, lots I, of little somebody friends. Somebody that says quack, quack, duck. <laughs> no, your little friend who you take down to the park each day. My my offspring, Eddie. Yeah. Or Eduardo. He answers to a lot of names. Does he? Well, he doesn't really answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's a dog. But he comes running if you hold a smacko out to him. He'll do anything for smacko. Yep. I'd have trouble getting him off his chair in the morning because the sunlight's on him and he's toasty warm and we have to go downstairs to use the facilities on the nature strip. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of days, I've had to bribe him off with a smacko. Oh, right, right. Works. He's, he knows he's being bribed. He doesn't mm. care. Doesn't care. No, no. no. Well, he's like, not like some people that we know that get bribed all the time. I don't know who you mean. Oh, that's all right then. But, but we're talking about animals. Yeah, and some of our animals uh, we, we treat with loving care and feeding them with smackos, but others we send them up. We, we ridicule them or, or the other sort of sending up. Yes. Back in uh, 1783, the first hot air balloon was tested with animals as the patients. Now, what were these animals that were in there? Well, for starters, how do you ask an animal what the trip was like? Uh, true. What, what was the point of sending animals? It was to see if, if they could come back safely. Well, because there may not be air up there. They may not. They didn't know what would happen when the balloon went up. So I think it was the fact that they put Haven't some these an- people ever been up a hill? Yeah, but that's when you're walking. But this is getting into something that was completely new. It was a balloon modern filled technology. with hot air. It was very modern technology in the day. We've covered, covered politics already, so yeah. not hot air. Yeah, so, yeah, well, that, it's true too. But they, I don't think the politicians were blowing into the balloon, but it was heated by um, just ordinary fire underneath it, which made the balloon rise with the animals in it. I don't think it rose very high, but the whole experiment was the fact that it... Was, was able to come back and the animals were not harmed. They were well, fine. in this first hot air balloon testing, there was inside the, the cage was a duck, a sheep and a rooster. So in some ways you could say it was a cock up. Yeah. I can or imagine what duck the, up. wonder what the sheep thought. I'm the only one without feathers. <laughs> How do I get out of this thing? <laughs> yes, possibly true, Phil. Yeah, but it, now uh, the demonstration was uh, occurred in Paris and was witnessed, therefore must be true, uh, by King Louis the sixteenth. The rooster did not survive the landing. Oh, oh, there was a cock or, up. No, it might have been the picnic afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I smell chicken. Smell chicken. 
<laughs> but of course, animals have been used in lots of cases to um, be well, as, as tests. As tests. Well, look, look at that. They used in medicine. They use rats and mice and all sorts of animals as guinea pigs, as guinea pigs and, and what have you. Well, they you use know. guinea pigs as guinea yeah, pigs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they put lipstick on, lipstick on pigs. Yeah, that's right. Which is merely it's hard to say. Swiss, 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 That's right. But it, but the. Um, but the animals were sent up in the uh, one of the first or second. Um, oh, in Sputnik in five. In Sputnik five, yeah, they the went up. <clears throat> Sputnik one, they went up in. They never got that one back. No, though. that was a woofer. Yeah, no, was. Sputnik one was just a thing that went beep. Oh, is that right? In Monty beep. Python's term, it was the machine that went ping, and that's all it did. Oh, right. And it scared the heck out of Americans because it was in space and they could hear the ping. <laughs> right, yeah. So, but the um, but animals have always been used, and they they got they sent up a couple of puppy dogs in Sputnik in Sp- Five, Sputnik Five, uh, and they came Belka back. Belka and Strelka, mm. oh, and something forty mice, two rats, and numerous plants. So, hmm. Oh. And they asked the dog when he got back, "What did you see on the outside of trees?" And he said, "Bark." <laughs> <laughs> And what did you see on top of the house? Well, well, roof. Well, roof. Yeah, roof. <laughs> but he also but he also had some plants to water if he needed to go to the loo, I would well, think. Well you gotta lift a leg, don't you? That's right, doggies do. Yeah. Well doggies do what doggies do, and that's yeah. what doggy do is. <laughs> but uh back in nineteen sixty when they went up in the Sputnik, uh, August the nineteenth, all animals were recovered safely. Which was very good, yes, because you don't like seeing animals being mistreated or no. maltreated. Mm. Back on the 7th of, of uh, September 1936, the last known thylacine, or Tasmanian tiger, died. Uh, died of loneliness and boredom as much as anything else, but he had been hunted out of extinction because the farmers of Tasmania felt that he alone, as a race of animals, was competing with their flocks of sheep and other animals. Probably chickens again. Exactly. Yep. But and the, uh, they were killed out. Weren't they trying to to clone the thylacine <laughs> from the DNA of the, the, the body that they have um, well, preserved? Well, I, I think cloning so far is relied on live material. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's uh, hard to bring back... Um, any form of life to actually clone. Yeah, but they get, they can get the DNA, which is another thing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyhow. But the National Threatened Species Day was initiated uh, in 1996, 60 years later than that particular uh, last known, the death of the last known thylacine. And we're seeing a, a revised focus on the survival of native species here in Australia. And they're trying to eliminate the competitions, uh, the introduced competitions, the ferals. The, the problem is, you see, that what, what is happening with a lot of these our native animals, they live in trees and forests. And, of course, we're cutting down the timber because it means money and mm. jobs. So we don't give a continental about our um, furry friends in the, in the wild. And, of course, they're very concerned about the koala population in New South Wales at the moment because so many trees are being cut down to make way for new houses. And, and this is the problem. That, and they say that within 20 years or something or other, the koalas will not be left in, in um, New South Wales. Yeah, that's, that's dreadful. Well, well this there's is karma at the end because if we don't stop burning oil and coal, we will be extinct. Mm. 
That's true. So the animals would just sit back and say, well, we told you. We told you so. Yeah. But it just beggars belief that they can't, they've got to have this spread of housing across the land that we grow our vegetables and food on, which is very annoying to me. We should be concentrating living in the cities rather than having to um, go out into the country and just ruin all the growing land. Well, the quarter acre block should be made obsolete. Yep. You don't need it. Well, I think it is. Well, it's becoming that it way. It is pretty pretty obsolete now. But mm-hmm. people, you know, moving out in the the west of Melbourne into just and the southeast wasteland, yeah. McMansion land. Mm. Well, they're not all McMansions, but they aren't very different to each other. And uh, there's not much spare grass around them, so there's no opportunity for trees. None of the original yeah. wildlife is there. And it's marvellous where some fences have been put up and the feral cats and other what I'll call European animals have been excluded. The native flora and fauna springs back. Mm. That was because the rabbit proof the rabbit proof fence that was built because of that to stop the rabbits from moving around the uh, coming further into the country. They were so they were stopped at the at the fence. Because oh, I they thought it was get built through. for Tony Abbott. No, no. Abbott proof no, well, it didn't prove it. Didn't prove it, did it? No. <laughs> but speaking out of the, the western suburbs, do you know what the, the hottest place in Australia is? Yes. Melton. No, it's Sunbury because it's near Melton. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Well, we, you, we snuck both of those into well, we you. Yes. Yeah, you're there. So Excellent. you get news, history and weather. On been there, done that. Whether you want the weather is, right. not, is dependable, yes. Yes, your word to spell is weather. Oh, can I have it in a sentence? I don't know whether the weather will be suitable today. Yes, that's right. <laughs> thank you, Simpsons. Yes. yes. And thank you, Lisa. Yes, in the spelling bee. Okay. Well, it's about time for us to depart. We'll find a little piece of nice, fun music to go out with. Okay. And we'll cop you later, as they say. Oh, will you? Uh-huh. I thought they say Abyssinia. Yeah. Oh, in a while, crocodile. crocodile. Yeah. Oh. Now you're going back a few years. Oh, mm. Stop it. I, yeah. I read it in a history book. Oh. <laughs> okay. Thanks indeed. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Australia's only LGBTI radio station, Joy. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.